0: What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt back here with Mike K. For the Game of Thrones cooking podcast, where we discuss how you make hot pies, uh, direwolf bread. <laughs> it's it's going to be extensive, so I hope yeah. you have your. We're your, also recording on video, so you can. <laughs> I hope you have your flour ready. You, I would listen to that, but if if hot pie just did a, a podcast about cooking, would, for anyone who doesn't listen to get, watch Game of Thrones or listen to it, I he's low key the best gossiper
1: in, in the entire Western uh, yeah. setup too. So I think that would be really good. But anyway, Game,
0: Game of Thrones Th- is back on Sunday. Yeah, Game of Thrones is back. <laughs> right, you're you're listening to the no. Huddle show uh, a, podcast. A Game of Thrones. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have Game of Thrones on the mind. But uh, we're back. We took a week off. Uh, there wasn't really that much going on. There's still not that much going on. A lot of draft stuff. Uh, this is going to be primarily a mailbag podcast. We'll cover some stuff in the beginning, but uh, we, we just want to get back in the mix. The draft is in two weeks now. I'm ready for it to finally get here. so much speculation, and in the, the reality, the Eagles have probably been in the same mindset the entire time. Like, Nothing has changed, but everybody seems to be changing their opinions about... I mean, I, we were just talking before. I think I change my mind every other week about what I think they're going to do in the first round, and I haven't really settled on anything
1: yet. Well, and I think even in our reporting, right, We we've you know i reported earlier in the off season that they were looking into veteran quarterbacks never happened it didn't happen because they valued the quarterback position at a certain price and it didn't work out happening so i think what's happening is people aren't just changing their minds because oh my god we don't know what's going on i think the eagles are just waiting sitting back and waiting to get the best available player if you look at like what they did with jordan howard it seemed like they had that deal on the Table for a while, and once the running back market didn't match up with what they wanted, they pounced. Uh, you know, Zendejo. A lot of people were talking about them having interest in free agent safeties. They waited it out and brought in Zendejo. You know, whatever. Uh, but like, <laughs> but we'll talk
0: about him in a second. But
1: <laughs> but but you get what I'm saying? I like, I, I taken by him. I think there's a reason why everybody's changing their opinions, and it's not that they're yeah. wrong. It's not that they're not using logic. It's developing. It, it's just very developing because the Eels and Howie Roseman have been very patient and they're just sitting back and watching. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're waiting to see what happens and they're in a position to take
0: the best available players in every round that they're in. You know, and we, we talk we've talked a lot on here about uh, how that much they think about compensatory picks. One thing we haven't really talked about is that there's a, a date that like if players are signed after the, May 7th, <coughs> if they're signed after that date, they don't count towards the comp pick formula. So, and teams are kind of wising up to that now, which is why you've seen, like, a lull in free agent signings and why guys like Timmy Jernigan, Jay JJ Stefan Wisniewski haven't signed anywhere yet. And that's relevant, and I wrote a little bit about this earlier this week because, as of right now, they're only going to get two comp picks because of Sendejo and uh, lj Fort canceling out the guys they've lost. Mm-hmm. So, if it gets to May 7th and none of these other guys sign... I don't think Andrew Dejo is going to be a lock to make this team anymore, especially if they draft a safety, which I think is a real possibility. So all of a sudden you have – Trey Sullivan, you have him, you have Anderson Dejo. And then they're ultimately going to have to decide, do you want to keep Anderson Dejo or do you want to get a fourth round pick next year for Jordan, for losing Jordan Hicks? And I think a fourth round pick next year is more valuable than Anderson Dejo right now. Yeah, if yeah. He, come, he comes into camp and has a great camp, like you, you keep him around. You keep good players around. But I, I, he's not like the lock that you would think.
1: Yeah, he's competing against value, right? So you can have him in training camp if he makes the, the... – 53 man run here's the thing too that's also weighing against him he's a veteran if he makes the roster initially on in week one his salary becomes fully guaranteed so i'm wondering if zendaya is a guy that you have during training camp and then you cut him and then maybe bring him back in yeah like like those
0: receiver guys they did last year right right?
1: that way it benefits you in 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 a way that's true and
0: then it it probably wouldn't count towards the comp pick formula at that point right yeah
1: exactly so because you're risking him out on the free agent market for a week um you know, again, I think that the Eagles have played this perfectly, and I, I'm not trying to compliment them too much because there have been probably missteps on paper, but at least from their approach, they've been so- solid in their approach. They haven't really wavered from it, um, and they've really targeted guys that won't mess with the compensatory pick formula outside of, obviously, LJ Fort and Sendejo. The guys they brought in, though, recently from the uh, Alliance of American Football intrigued me. They brought in two wide receivers. They re-signed Greg Ward, who's been here the last two off-seasons. Then they also signed 30-year-old Charles Johnson, who played very, very well. He in has game. more experience than Gibson
0: or Mac Collins in the NFL. Right. He started for three years with the Vikings. He wasn't all that productive, but he has experience.
1: Right. He's been around. And then they brought in quarterback uh, Luis Perez, who was with the Rams during camp last year. Uh, didn't he play had, football
0: in high school, by the way. That's right, crazy. Right, yeah.
1: He, he learned a lot of his technique from YouTube. It's yeah, like a very Like Joel Embiid
0: style thing. He's the new like Alex Tan. And, there, and there's like a story about how he thought about going to professional bowling. Like It's kind of like a fun. He, the odds of him making the roster are long, but he's going to get a lot of chances to uh, play because, you know, number one, Nate Sudford hasn't signed his restricted free agent tender yet. We don't know if Carson Wentz is going to be ready for OTAs. So offseason workouts start on Monday, mm-hmm. by the way. So this he's gonna be a guy that's gonna be in camp with them. He's gonna get an opportunity to show teams around the league that he can play. So we'll see him in the preseason. He'll be in he'll be an extra arm in training camp. Like it, it was a smart move for both him and the Eagles to like bring a guy like that. You know, low risk, high reward type thing.
1: Well, and I think too, I, I remarked about this when he was kind of setting the AAF on fire the first three weeks. He's like the. Perfect developmental West Coast quarterback. I I wrote that I would love to see him in an Andy Reid offense. I mean, Doug Peterson's offense is relatively similar. If he can get with a quarterback guru who can kind of teach him how to play the position from a professional standpoint, I think he's in really good shape. Uh, He only got to play in one preseason game last year with the Rams. Showed some really good stuff early on with the Birmingham Iron. Then he kind of like fell off a cliff when teams started to figure him out defensively. Look, if he's the practice squad quarterback, that's fine. This doesn't hinder you from drafting somebody. And I think they will draft a quarterback. So that's probably something that we also want to talk about is the, the potential of drafting a quarterback and why it makes sense. Because you wrote a great article about it earlier in the week.
0: Yeah, you know, Jeffrey Lurie at the owners meetings, he said this in the past, but he was like, we want to be drafting a quarterback, if not every year, then every other year. And the Eagles have... the those, what, four day three picks. I would think they would use one of those on a quarterback if they were going to. Um, It all depends on value and who's there and if they like certain guys a certain way. Um, There are a few guys that intrigue me. I think we talked about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago. A guy like Tyree Jackson is a project that would make a lot of sense for them. It it ultimately just comes down to what they do with their first few picks and and how their board kind of shakes out and whether they make any trade-ups because then you lose draft picks. I think we both think they're At least they're going to trade up or down from number 25 is kind of our general feeling, and they might try and trade back into the third round in some way.
1: And and drafting quarterback every year is something that a lot of teams have implemented. It's the Ron Wolf strategy where, you know, when he was in Green Bay, he drafted a quarterback every single year. That's smart because that's the most important position. You've also proven that you can develop quarterbacks. Um, Nate Sudfeld's a guy who I think... hmm, training camp, there's a major injury. If you can get a third-round pick for him, I think that you got value there. I mean, they really lucked out on him. But again, I think Perez is a guy that has some upside. He makes a little bit of sense. He's a smaller quarterback. So we'll see if he actually ever gets any action. He also costs nothing. Nate Sudfeld's relatively cheap when you compare him to Nick Foles at, at $2.9 million with that restricted tender. But I, I like Jared Sidham from Auburn. I'm a big uh, Minshew fan from Washington State. Everybody I've talked to just loves his personality, thinks he's like a very capable backup developmental quarterback long-term. And I think you need a long-term backup for Carson Wentz. I think Carson needs to have a Jim Sorge or a um, – a Curtis Painter a guy that he can rely on constantly day in and day out who can be his understudy now You would hope that they would be more talented than Sorgi and or painter, but y- you want a guy that you can depend on a Brian Hoyer-esque guy
0: Yeah um, It is notable that the Eagles haven't brought any quarterbacks uh, in for official visits though That's not really that surprising because they only get 25 of them though. I there was they will apparently be watching uh, Trace McSorley at their local pro day. He's going to be at that. He's an intriguing, like athletic guy. He's not a guy you probably want to use a draft pick on, to be honest. But
1: yeah, I was at Penn State's pro day, and he's pretty adamant that he wants to be a quarterback. Yeah, uh, he made really good throws. Uh, he's, an, he's
0: an intriguing athlete, and he brings something different that they don't have really.
1: He connected on forty nine of fifty three throws at the pro day, if I'm not mistaken, and, and, and he showed a nice amount of range. Um, I think he's a guy that could be a develop. I mean, he's a guy that would. Battle with Luis Perez to be a th- the number three guy. It's not going to be, you know, you're not going to draft this guy and have him come in and be competing with Nate Sutfeld. Um, yeah, I think he's very intriguing. I don't know if he'll necessarily throw at this local day workout, but, it, you know, we'll yeah. see what happens. But
0: so speaking of those visits, just before we get into the mailbag, um, I wanted to, they've, so they've had, I believe, 21 of the 25 have been reported. And One one thing stood out to me in particular, and it's the receivers they've been bringing in for official visits. They brought in A.J. Brown and Keel Harry, McCole Hardman. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Paris Campbell and Jalen Hurd. The majority of those guys are slot receivers. Mm -hmm. I think that says a lot about what they feel about Nelson Aguilar and how they plan to go forward in that position. I. I don't know if this means they're going to get rid of him now, but it, it seems increasingly unlikely he's back here next year.
1: I mean, it's impossible to re-sign him if you're going to yeah. sign Carson Wentz. And so if, if
0: these are guys that are, a few of them are projected second-round picks, a few of them are fourth-round picks, it seems like they're going to draft a receiver in that 2-4 to four range.
1: Yeah, and I think they should. I think that that's a smart bet. I mean, if they don't, I mean, this. I think I like this wide receiver class more than a lot of other people. I'm a big Gary Jennings fan, and I think he goes in the fifth-sixth round. Um, but, yeah, it seems like they want big body. Dude. Slots, yeah. And I think that that's smart. I mean, they were successful with Jordan Matthews for several years with Chip Kelly doing that. Um, and remember, Nelson wasn't a guy who was drafted by Harry Roseman. Um, they've kept him around. But I don't know if he's necessarily still a lock to be here this season. I mean, when you look at how much they've kind of tried to figure out this wide receiver position, it just
0: kind of seems open If they draft, like, Ankel Harry or A.J. Brown... In the in the second round, and, like the trade up, and get one of those guys, then I I would say the percentage chance of Nelson Aguilar being traded before the season goes way up.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree completely. I mean, I, I think too. I think they'll be creative with the wide receiver position. Um, it's it's something that it's something that like when you have the two guys on the outside, like Deshaun and and Alshon, you have some wiggle room to be creative with the slot receiver position. You have some wiggle room to have the tight end position be a little bit more dynamic. Um, And again, I think they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel this year. So having those two guys on the outside, you have
0: the wiggle room to bring in a rookie and have them start in the slot. I agree. All right, let's let's get into the the mailbag. Um, So there are some Game of Thrones questions on here. People did. Creatively tie it to the Eagles a few ways if you're not a Game of Thrones fan You might want to fast-forward through those, but we're gonna we're gonna answer every question. I got all right You ready go for it. All, all right, let's me. see. Let's see where we're just gonna start We won't start with Game of Thrones All right, d- definitely not a fan friend. This is from Chase Colt Definitely not a fan friendly move, but what is the likelihood of a trade back if top defensive tackle defensive end offensive line are gone and how far back? Uh, would you expect?
1: Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. There's a lot to basically, take in there.
0: Basically, if the top like line defensive or offensive linemen are gone at twenty-five, how far back w- do you think they would trade back and how far back do you think they would go? I, I think you you play the rule of sixes. If you, you you're
1: willing to trade up six spots or you're willing to trade back six spots. I think that's smart when you're in the first round because that's the difference between a third round pick and, and what have you, and I think trading back Probably like six picks. We, you and I talked about it off the air, like trying to get in that into the early thirties. I think that's a smart move because you don't want to trip back too far where where the Giants are picking at thirty seven, and and you know they can, can kind of control as to what you do because they have very similar needs. You don't want to play into a division foes you know, draft consideration. So I think if you can trade back six spots, pick, pick up a third round pick, go for it. Especially
0: if you've got a guy like Jerry Tillery, who you really like, who could be sitting there. At or 31. Chauncey Garner Johnson even. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, the team that I have on is the Patriots, who have, I think, three third round picks because they've gotten a lot of comp picks. So you trade back to 32, pick up an extra third, still get a guy you like probably at 25. All right. Um, do you believe the Eagles will target Miles Sanders in the second round? I do not. I do. You do think they will? Mm-hmm. I don't think they're drafting a running back. I, don't, I think I don't think they're drafting a running back in the first two days, and I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't draft one at all.
1: The it's question, my take. The question to me is: Will Miles Sanders be there when they get? Yeah, to yeah. Pick? Late fifties. Yeah. Like that, I think that,
0: he will, and I don't think they pick him personally.
1: I I think if they were to take a guy in the second round, it would be Miles Sanders. Okay. So, so if in. that if that if that answers the question, if he's there at fifty three and the board shakes up the way I think it will he's going to be of consideration. They've been very heavily vetting this guy, like probably more so than most players that they've vetted. It hasn't just been the smoke screen. So, you know, they need a guy who can catch out of the backfield. They need a guy who can be quicker. They want to pair a guy that's kind of more versatile, probably with Jordan Howard, I'd imagine. And I think he's a good mix of Corey Clement and Jordan Howard, and that's why I kind of like him as a fit there.
0: Yeah. Just... I, I purely base this on Howie Roseman's history, and they haven't used a second-round pick on a running back since Lashawn McCoy. Um, yeah, it's not an easy sell for sure. Yeah. So I, it's one of those, like, you can't fool me three times kind of thing. <laughs> um, when This is from at Chris Wilson, 23. When Ronald Darby returns to full health, we're assuming he walks into a role at outside cornerback. How on earth could Jim Schwartz justify letting Jalen Mills man cornerback two over Avante Maddox, and in your eyes, will he? So basically, how on earth could Jim Schwartz start Jalen Mills again, is the question.
1: I mean, Jalen Mills gets to dictate what side of, of he covers, too. So it's not just that he's the cornerback two, it's he's cornerback 1B. Yeah,
0: if, if he's healthy, he, I think it's going to be the same two starters as last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you have to at least feign a, a competition between yeah. him and Maddox. Um, that said, I would say that Mills is probably stranglehold in the starting jobs probably less... As small as it's been, at least. Right, because, you know, he's on the last year of his deal, and Navante Maddox was brilliant for the, the, the closeout of the season, had some struggles in the playoffs. I'm fascinated what they're going to do with Nickel, because they really... A lot are of in, options there. There's a lot of options. Craven LeBlanc was fantastic in, in spot duty. <clears throat> Who called it? Um And... You know, Avante Maddox is a guy who can play nickel and play nickel well. Cindy Jones started there last year. Yeah, I mean, you've got those three guys, and then you wonder what they're going to do with safety because that could impact where Maddox plays. So it's very, we're really like kind of in like an
0: unknown area at that third safety nickel spot. We might not even really know until part training camp, part preseason, part week one. Like, we're not going to know the answer to that question until week one, really yeah and and the thing is too is unless they draft another guy then you then you assume they're going to trade one of these guys out
1: so i've said this with our coverage of of like chauncey gardner johnson and um and darnell savage those are guys that can play nickel ordinarily so it basically defeats the purpose of having an a big nickel, you could have a guy that just plays there the entire time which I think ideally you'd want because they have the combination of safety and nickel and I think that's what Avante Maddox could be too, so as much as a lot of people want to press on the safety, they need a safety, they need a future, excuse me, they need a future guy at free safety because Roddy McLeod, A, is coming off a major knee surgery and B, is going to be a free agent next year they need to draft a safety for 2020 for sure. But 2019, they need that insurance. So I think it's they're in like a very weird spot. And the good news is, is they have somebody on the roster who can fix it. It might not be the ideal fix, but they do have somebody on the roster who can fix yeah. it in
0: Maddox. For sure. All right. Uh, at Loot Cakes asked, Do you think the extra comp picks next year will make them more aggressive moving up this year? I think that makes a lot of... It, it ultimately comes down to if there's a guy that... Because I don't think they're trading to the top 10, cause that's, unless they trade to both their second round picks, which I don't think Howie's going to want to do. Um, so if there's like an offensive lineman that they really, really like, like Juwan Taylor falls farther than expected or something, I could see them moving up to like 15 to try and get them, and you can trade some future picks in that scenario. I don't I don't think they're going to go, I think in my mock draft I had them going up to number 20, I think the like 18 to 21 range is a realistic like yeah. expectation if they're going to trade up like I don't think they're going to go much higher than that
1: yeah like I said the rule of six is I think that's yeah. the smart range to be in um, to answer that question they've already been more aggressive yeah. because of those comp picks when you look at trading, player, player
0: acquisition, yeah, yeah
1: trading for Juwan, or Jordan Howard <laughs> Juwan, Juwan Howard, Howard. It, I, Yeah, <laughs> hey, fun fun K fact I have an original uh, Washington Wizards Jawan Howard jersey that I was bought that somebody bought for me I don't know why uh, I think he was on the team for like a year definitely so trading for Jordan Howard, trading for Deshaun Jackson, they've been a lot more aggressive in dealing 2020 picks because they know they're going to get that replenished or think they're going to get replenished yeah. with compensatory picks. Hey, Sandejo. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, actually, I really like this question. Um, at for my last name, more likely to happen this season. All Sean restructures this contract. Craven LeBlanc gets an extension or how he trades Nelson Aguilar this season? I think that's a very interesting question. I, I went with the LeBlanc extension, but I'm, I'm the way they've been working out all these slot receivers, I, I, I might even lean to Aguilar now. I don't know. It's a I, tough one. I, I, the obvious one to me is Alshon. I think Alshon. But, I, but if they do that... So I'm not as convinced that they're going to keep him beyond the next, like, two years. And if you're restructuring him, then you're adding money to, like, a, a an extra year. You know what I mean?
1: Sure. I, but I...
0: I'm, I'm less convinced about his, like, long-term viability here.
1: Uh, so, I think if you're counting this year and the two years after that,
0: then you're good. Well, when does his contract run until? Here, I can look 20, that up. More. But, yeah, I... I, I you and I both think they're going to give LeBlanc an extension. I think it, it depends on him starting off the season as well as he ended last year.
1: Though. Well, I think it depends on. I think he gets a, an extension out of training camp. I think that's. You think
0: that early, really?
1: Yeah, because that's the that's the time to buy low on him.
0: Because if he hasn't, yeah, because then if he year. starts really, then he's like, why would I sign this? Yeah.
1: So his contract runs through twenty twenty one as it is. They so they can save start saving money on him as of twenty twenty. Uh, they can save ten million dollars. By 2021, they can save $13 million by cutting him. So for a restructure, what you would essentially probably do is give him more guaranteed money. Because he has no guaranteed money after this year. Okay. So So, so, so that's why I'm
0: not sure if they would restructure. But
1: the reason why he would want to restructure is the guaranteed money. money. And if they can lower his cap number... Next year for Carson, think, that makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah, I think for him, it depends on him staying healthy at the beginning of this season, kind of for, thing. For probably. sure. So that'll be more from the Eagles' perspective if they want to do it or not. Yeah, if they restructured his yeah. contract, it'd probably be mid-season. Yeah. yeah, if I had to guess. All right, this one's like a combo Eagles Game of Thrones question at the chubby Don. Some good Twitter names on here. Yeah, really, <laughs> uh, that's better than my Twitter. <laughs> not going read the whole question, but basically he's asking like, of these Game of Thrones characters I'm about to list, who do you want to be like your two-man running back field? Okay, we got Jamie Lannister, two-handed Jamie Lannister. You make sure to say so. Jamie Lannister with both his hands. Jon Snow, Jora, Grey Worm, or Tormund. I, I'll, let's see what your answer is. because I responded to him with my answer.
1: So Tormund and Grey Worm, duh.
0: I said Tormund and Jon Snow is like a thunder lightning kind of situation. So,
1: so, but like, I think that you know, Grey Worm's quick. Grey Worm's quick. He's elusive. He's he's, he's got like the Darren Sproles size. Yeah, he's like. small. He's kind of like he's built like a like you know, like a Tony Pollard from Memphis <laughs> kind of guy. And what I like about Tormund is he can be my short yardage, Garrett Blunt style running back. a so, uh, T- uh,
0: Tormund for sure is yeah, running through dudes. R- right. He's not running around them. He's running through them.
1: I mean, I could probably put him as my sixth offensive lineman, too, in, in certain situations. So <laughs> I think he's like 6'6". Six, six. So, uh, yeah, that those would be my guys. I also really think that, that you know, Grayworm's balance And wind <laughs> resistance due You see to, the smile On Mike's
0: face right now Too, He's do, like so happy Talking I about mean, it I
1: mean I won't get Into this on the podcast But he's very Aerodynamic For several reasons <laughs> If you watch the show You know what I mean. Um, and so I mean he also Doesn't have the baggage That a lot of other Running backs would Come come with uh, Actually we don't Know that You know but um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that's The ideal
0: pairing Alright We'll go back To a more serious Eagles question Um Okay, this is a good one. At, at B. Walker, NFL, which position doesn't get addressed in the draft by the Eagles? Tight end. Yeah, there, there's
1: one. literally no reason. What to... about
0: what about like a less obvious one? If you had a pick, like linebacker. linebacker. Yeah, that would be. They haven't linebacker. brought in any linebackers for visits. Well, and, which yeah. it doesn't necessarily always right. portend what they're gonna do. This linebacker class is not good. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's some like late round guys that are like intriguing, but do you really need to draft a guy like that? You can just sign.
1: See, I like a guy like Trey Watson from Maryland. Yeah, I think he's like he's a good story, but he's also like a really good Sam linebacker
0: prospect. Just just knowing how, he's more likely to draft like an interior offensive lineman there than a right.
1: I I I think you're better off going into undrafted free agency because I don't think the drop off. Look, there's two Devins in this draft, and there's no one else outside. Excuse me, maybe Mac Wilson is a guy that you like in in this in the day three range I mean sorry the day two range in the third round but nope
0: yeah alright at M leader underscore three Chauncey Gardner Johnson Cleveland Farrell or Chris Lindstrom which do you think is the more likely pick at 25 so if they're all let's say in this in this scenario who was the
1: first one I'm sorry Cleveland
0: Farrell oh Chauncey Gardner Johnson sorry gotcha. um, so let's say they're all three of them are available but it's probably Farrell but I yeah, don't think, I think he's, he's going to be there so I think Same. Lindstrom would be the second most likely out of that group I think they really like Lindstrom yeah I think Lindstrom makes a lot of sense especially if he's they, an athletic guy who can play multiple positions on the offensive line he can start for Brooks in the beginning maybe if, push Samalo. if they project him that he can
1: potentially start it play a tackle then yeah absolutely yeah 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 no I doubt
0: mean, Chauncey Garner-Johnson if they're drafting a safety in the first round it's probably him I feel like yeah I think that's fair I really like him mm-hmm. he's the kind of guy that can make an impact this season um let's see here Another will they will they really just give Jalen Mills a starting spot? <laughs> like, are they really gonna do that So, again?
1: so here, let's talk about that. So, it, it, from our perspective, covering the team, having no emotional investment whatsoever, if they said, "Hey, Ronald Darby's going to start on pup, we want a guy with experience to start at corner," so we are making Jalen Mills a starting corner. What's your take on that? Because for me. That makes sense, if they want the in the, in the scenario
0: where Darby's not in the lineup, you're saying? Which is what I think will potentially least, happen. If he's not PUP, then at least like the first two weeks or something like
1: right, that. Right, yeah. right, I could see it being like an Alshon Jeffries yeah, yeah,
0: thing. Where somebody reports that he's going on PUP and he doesn't and then he plays a couple weeks after that.
1: Hey, we're not taking <laughs> shots
0: here, but like
1: where, where, he, where he sits for three days and realistically has to miss games, I think that makes a lot of sense. So what's your
0: take on that? I, I think that makes sense. So what makes sense and what they will or won't do are two different conversations, right, obviously. But, but, but yeah, that, so in, in that scenario, who do you think would start on the other side? Then? Maddox. It wouldn't you think it would be well, Maddox yeah. on the outside? Yeah. We, we've seen how they See, feel. what I would do is I would put Razul on the other outside and put Maddox in the nickel and play those three guys but they're probably going to do Maddox uh, Mills and Cindy Jones would be my guess yeah, see, or Crave on LeBlanc of course yeah. so
1: like my it's whole like thing is have, I
0: I, and I've gotten I've gotten flack for this but
1: Sidney Jones take Sidney Jones out of the equation Okay, whatever you get from him, if he comes on and he's incredible in camp, then you can start talking about him. But until you see that he can stay healthy, I, it, it, he doesn't matter. Rasul Douglas is a guy that you just keep on the sideline, even though you and I have said, I actually think at worst he's their second best corner on this roster. Because um, the, the debate really to me is either or Darby healthy or Maddox at that top spot. So maybe he's at worst the third. But, like, again, if they feel comfortable with Mills for certain structural reasons... And because he can tackle or whatever. And because he can tackle, even though his tackling numbers were terrible last year. um, You have to have a justification. Move on from Rasul and get value for him now, if that's the... You know what I mean? Like, and I think he's the most movable guy in this draft. More so movable than Nelson. That uh, wait,
0: Razul, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I think he has more value almost than Nelson. Probably. Because of the he, contract. Yeah,
1: because he doesn't cost much. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. Nelson is that 9.4 guarantee no matter what in a trade. So, um, actually, I like this one. It's a little, little more fun. Who is your prediction for the week one opponent from at Drew B. Bayless? Bayless. Your, so, I was uh,
1: trying to think about this the other day. Yeah, this is, That's a tough one. Um, it. Will, I don't think it'll be an AFC team, so let's take that one out of there. Wouldn't be like I'm going to say I'm gonna say bu- in Buffalo, Week One.
0: In, oh, I guess that's better than us going there yeah. in December. In Buffalo, I week I was four. trying to think of one of their because the Vikings one is probably gonna be Thanksgiving. It sounds like so we're gonna be. I think ahead. they're gonna be on the road for sure. Okay, because so I don't think Green Bay will be the first one.
1: Well, they've been at home. Uh, they uh, they were at home. They were home last, last year,
0: year against year. the Falcons. I don't know what they were the year before that. Correct. Um, are some the Dolphins won't be Week One.
1: I don't think it'll be an AFC team. Like that's they, they, rare. Yeah, that's pretty
0: rare, right? Yeah. So who are the other? I'm blanking on the other NFC teams that are playing against. Falcons? Yeah, they play against. They, the, well, they played makes... them. Well, they played them last year in Week One. Would they do that two years in a row? Would be the thing. Yeah, that, I doubt it. So I guess the Buffalo Bills makes. Well, that's that's AFC though, isn't it? Oh
1: yeah, that's true. But, <laughs> all right, so I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> I'm going to go with the, I I don't think it'll be Miami is what I, what I mean. I think Miami will be later in the year, but I do think, I think it'll be Buffalo. I think it'll be Buffalo or it'll be a division game.
0: Do they do division games in week one?
1: Sometimes. Not often, but they do. Yeah. Like, uh, they started off against the Redskins in Washington in, in 2017.
0: What about like the Jets week one?
1: They were playing them in the preseason, so I would. Uh, true, that, yeah, be Although a, they did that, that once with the Browns,
0: back to back weeks like that.
1: Not back to back weeks, yeah, but they, I because think they the get because
0: they get the Jets in week four. So.
1: Right. <laughs> that I funny. mean, I'd be
0: happy with it. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> get that.
1: That's, a, that's <laughs> get basically that out of the way. 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 That's basically a home game get right there. <laughs> Rutherford. Of, now we have yeah. to go back
0: again later in the year, obviously. But.
1: yeah, but I, I do think I think the Bills makes the. Uh,
0: right. I can dig it, the Bills. Yeah. Wait, no,
1: the Jets games at home because they go to Miami and they go to Buffalo. So the Jets game's at home and the Patriots game's at home. Oh,
0: you're right. The Jets game on the road is the preseason game. Right, yeah. But we're going to East Rutherford twice this year, basically. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, I wouldn't
1: mind getting a vision game out of the way. I think that would kind of be,
0: especially Washington, if we can get that road trip out of the way. Yeah, true. On <laughs> the Washington road trip, yeah. yeah. Well, we have in, the road road trip schedule is not as exciting this year. I'll I'll say that. Listen, I'm I'm, I don't want to be on here complaining because we get to travel all these places. We get to go to Lambo, but in terms of like just weather and like travel destinations, even for the fans, it's not as good as last year. Like that's not debatable.
1: Right. Well, yeah, we got to go to L.A. and London. That's yeah, not, and I mean, Nashville they, and uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, let's see here. What do we got?
1: Oh God, what? Wait till you hear about what the title of the new Star Wars movie is. Oh, God. <laughs> the Rise of Star Walk- Skywalker.
0: What? Aren't they aren't all the Skywalkers dead? Each... <laughs> this is a Star Wars podcast now. <laughs> um, uh, Let's see. There's some other ones on here that were good. Wait, this is not a joke. It's called The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, what? <laughs> all right. All uh, right. Actually, from our friend Michael Kist. He said, give me your round one shockers. I think he meant... Like, generally for Mm. the NFL. (laughs) I said Daniel Jones going six to the Giants is my shocking pick that I think could happen. Because that seems like a dumb sort of thing the Giants would do. Yeah, but it's such an obvious connection, though. So is that really like that? (laughs) Number six overall. I guess that's not shocking. Like, them taking Kyler Murray would
1: be a shock to me because I don't really think he's... I mean, there's been so many reports that he's He's too small.
0: uh, I mean, mean, more shocking they didn't go number one, honestly.
1: yeah. Um... Like what would be shocking? For I think the Patriots are going to make a like Julio, a major? I think they're going to make a Julio Jones like trade where you know the Patriot the the Falcons were a playoff team. that trade up all the way into the top ten to draft Julio Jones. I think the Patriots are going to trade up from thirty two to, to, kind of, to kind get, of like the, the mid teens to, to get a
0: wide receiver like DK Metcalf or something.
1: Yeah, so whoever they have is their top wide receiver on the list. Interesting. I think, think they're a
0: trade up for Even they don't really. They have a
1: hundred third round picks.
0: Yeah, that's true. They, they also never use assets on wide receivers, like, ever. Right. Like, they're like Eagles with running backs. Like, they just try and find the shortest white guy they Either can. Either that or they
1: trade up for... Like, they're uh, going
0: to get Andy Isabella. Like, he's going to be a Patriot. Right. Well, Or that or do they trade up for TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. If he falls. Um, All right. And we can end on... Oh, here's, here's one. Here Should the Eagles make a trade up for Ed Oliver? Um, should and will are two different things. Should, it depends. When? When? You know, it depends on when. So, if he falls to 13. Like, no. I got. You think that's too high? Yeah, to, for them to move, like they wouldn't have that. I like to it move up, of, or Are you still think he's worth it?
1: No, I li- I don't. I don't like.
0: I'm I would, it, I would, Oliver, I would move up to thirteen for Ed
1: Oliver. Such a, a weird prospect, and like those weird prospects can sometimes be like very. You know, you've got to win now. Um, even though you don't really have the needs, so I guess you could focus on developing him first. I just don't love going up twelve picks because that's going to cost you a one. It's definitely going to cost you a one.
0: You mean like a future one?
1: Yeah, a future one for sure. For twelve picks, yeah. In the first round, yeah.
0: Um, I mean, they do have two second round picks though. So you're going to trade? I'm not gonna, saying. I'm not saying. I don't. If that's what I it mean, takes, that, then maybe that, not. That I don't could know.
1: Maybe be what the deal is. You trade your your two second round picks and a first round pick. Well, let me guess, your brother just texted no. I
0: got you about a, got a, So I tweeted that I already know that Howie Roseman is going to make a trade in the middle of the Game of Thrones from here. and our great friend Lesbo and said, uh, oh, "Where'd it go? And it just disappeared." Uh, he said, How, "Howie and Lannister is <laughs> when." Yep. <laughs> It made me laugh. <laughs> Les Bone is full, full of Game of Thrones jokes. We're gonna have Les Bone on the podcast. We should honestly. That'd be. We should. Good, hey, you know what? he's never on the other. Or, one. We'll, we'll end on a Game of Thrones question, just for fun. Uh, people who don't like Game of Thrones can probably tune out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> this ties with the Eagles. That's, you're not. You're not. You're not playing to the, the listener. What do you? <laughs> the, but the people that love Game of Thrones are all in. All right. What do you Adley got? these says the Eagles could recruit any current or past Game of Thrones character. Who would they take, and what position would he play? Um, I like the Hound as a defensive end. I would say Rob
1: Stark because he's really good for the locker room and he's he very really sur- like Rob Stark. Yeah, I really do. Um, he's great he's in the bodyguard. He, he's he's good. He's good for the locker room. I think he'd be a now brilliant. You, now, who would your actual pick be? He'd be my, a brilliant uh, backup quarterback. Uh, my actual pick.
0: Um, I, so, somebody suggested the mountain yesterday, but as like an offensive lineman, but he would just be getting unnecessary roughness penalties like every ten seconds. He would get kicked out of every game.
1: I gotta think of like a logical Oh, Dario Naharis.
0: Uh like he, as what, like a running back or something?
1: Uh, no, a tight end. <laughs> a tight end. He's he's tall, very man. multi he's multiverse. I, I dude, I don't know, man. Like that's such a tough, like
0: <laughs> that's why you go with the big boys. Hound would you get yeah, like, but that's just get like Hound would get like fifteen sacks. You love linemen.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. I guess that's fair. All right, I'll you concede you. Think how stra- strategy. I think Torman's like, the perfect pick, though. Like, I mean, he, he's, he's a great goal linebacker. I yeah, think he'd be great at that. I think he could I'm be, all in on that idea. I think he could be, you know, like a Chuck Bednarik where he could play, would be an ultimate <laughs> with Iron a beard, man. With yeah. a red With a red beard. I mean, they already have a guy who looks like him on the roster who plays pretty well. His <laughs> name's Chris Long. But, you know, what can you
0: do? There you go. Alright, we'll end on that note.
1: We're (laughs) going to go watch this ridiculous
0: Star Wars trailer (laughs) that's getting so much buzz. This is mostly nerded out on a podcast, so you guys are seeing our true colors a little bit. This is most of our conversations off the air. so um, We'll end on that note. If you guys have any other questions or Game of Thrones theories, send them our way, and we'll talk about them on our next podcast. On Tuesday, uh, we'll be at NovaCare, and we'll talk to you guys then. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.